Have you heard how many people are moving to the cities these days? Does that make you wonder about who's going to grow the food? After all, there will be more than 9 billion of us to feed by 2050. If that thought has crossed your mind, you're not alone. In Copenhagen, a bunch of people have been thinking too. And now they're doing something about it. Because if there aren't enough farmers in the countryside, then you need farmers in the cities. That means growing food upwards, instead of outwards. You're listening to Foodpod Denmark, bringing you the stories about innovative people from the Danish food cluster and how they're making a difference in the world. I'm Kath Mersch. Welcome to Foodpod. It's a beautifully sunny day in Copenhagen, and I'm standing in a 20-foot shipping container. It's really hot, but as the container is in the middle of the busy street food market on Rushale Island, it's actually the quietest place where I can talk to urban farmer Frederick Lean Hansen. And as you can hear, it's not very quiet. Along one side of the container, there are racks of seed trays lined up under LED lights and kept moist by an automatic irrigation system. So with that and the sounds of the street food market coming through the corrugated steel walls, there's still a lot of noise going on. Frederick has invited me here to talk about an open source food tech project called Growstack, which by the way, anyone with an interest in solving global food challenges is welcome to join. What's interesting about Growstack is how it started with a meeting of minds at the Copenhagen Tech Festival and how a company called Nextfood which specializes in vertical farming, and the Danish Society of Engineers, which is a trade union, became partners. The container in the street food market is the first tangible outcome of this partnership. It's small but intense, and a step on the way to feeding the urban population. Here's a quick fact before we move on. According to the United Nations, two-thirds of the global population will live in cities by 2050. In Europe... 75% of people live in cities right now, and more than 80% in North America. Here's Frederick talking about how the idea for Growstack got started. I guess this all started back in, uh, in September uh, last year uh, with a general frustration of the, the food system and the fact that a lot of people are just kind of talking about it and not so many are actually doing something. So there was a lot of engineers talking to engineers, there was a lot of designers talking to designers, a lot of chefs talking to chefs, and they were not really collaborating. So we wanted to see how could we kind of connect them. And we started uh, at Tech Festival last year, 2017. And um, we just basically wanted to create a forum to create action. And we thought, okay, if we have around like 50, 60 participants to the meetup and coming from different backgrounds, then we have some kind of foundation to, to continue. And then we had more than 300 people attending. So we were really surprised that there was actually a lot of interest and everything from farmers to uh, people who are in the food industry, in the corporate, to people who are working with AI, to uh, you know designers and to chefs, and there was all kinds. We even had a DJ that came by, right? So it was very diverse. 
exactly what I wanted. And then we stood there after the event in which we had a lot of good interaction and Q&A and so on. And we also had like an, an open brainstorming about, okay, so what do we actually do about this? We wanted to not be a place where people just talk. We wanted to see how can we make concrete projects. So we started off with um, asking the community, where should we start? Because, I mean, it's food technology. We could start anywhere. But the momentum was created around vertical farming for a variety of reasons. One, we had uh, locally, we had a few partners that were ready to go into this field in an open way. And we also had a lot of interest from the community in this field of vertical farming. This was how the Copenhagen Foodtech community was formed. The partners were Nextfood and the Danish Society of Engineers. Together, they founded Growstack. Rasmus Piangor is both the co-founder of Nextfood and joint initiator of Copenhagen Foodtech community. Nextfood has developed an automatic system for growing plants in racks, without soil or pesticides, and under artificial light. It is this open-source vertical farming technology that is now at the heart of Growstack. The philosophy is, everyone can be a farmer. All you need is the right kit. If you ask Rasmus, open-source community-based projects like Growstack are key to producing the vast quantities of sustainable and healthy food we will need in the future. I like to compare to the internet, which of course is a big comparison. Uh, but, but basically, if the internet had been owned by one company, it would never have been the internet. One thing is the technology being open, but if there's no humans around it and using it, it, it doesn't go anywhere. So, so the community aspect, the reason for people to interact and, and work together on, on developing new technologies is, is really important. And of course, developing new technologies is, is with a purpose. So the idea is to, to achieve something together or, or for yourself for that sake, but, but you share some of the technologies along the way. And, and really the internet is built on a huge technology stack that's, that's very open and accessible. And this is what we would like to see happening in food technology as well. So really establishing that community and ensuring that there's a, a reason for community members to participate, that it's fun and, and meaningful is, is really a key. People are just interested in food. It's the industry that, that touches us all. And, and the fun part, it depends on who you are. So for some people, it's playing with the technology, uh, developing new software or hardware or new systems. For others, it's growing, growing the plants. And yet others, it's cooking. It's uh, making new dishes. Suddenly you can make things that taste fantastic and you can grow plants year-round that you otherwise would have difficulties getting your hands on. Every community needs a place to meet. For Grostank, that place is at the Danish Society of Engineers, which in Denmark is known as Ida. In the spring of 2018, Ida opened a new tech lab for developing ideas and technology. It's called Ida Innovate. Grostack was the first to move in. And project developer at Ida, Tina Ruong Anderson, became closely involved. Growstack represents all the different member groups of EDA. So engineering, IT and science professionals, all in the mix. It's a very visionary project. It is people that actually want to do something, to change something, to create something, that get together 
It definitely is a project that we believe in and also that we believe creates value for members and also potential members. I'm still not sure what a trade union like EDA can get out of supporting a vertical farming initiative like Growstack. Tina explains. Facilitating the network and creating the connections and being the platform for knowledge sharing and for meeting uh, new people. So that that we know that's like very beneficial. Uh, and then also, maybe that's like on a longer term, but actually being able to create a technological innovation. Another perspective from Ida is also looking and working with a community like this can also show us the way for like the future way of organizing. How do people like these very entrepreneurial, ambitious, wanting to change the world uh, kind of people, how do they actually want to be organized? How do they want to work? So they are kind of an interesting focus group. What Growstack has shown so far is that open communities can join the dots between techie people and empower us all to make a difference. In this case, by bringing sustainable farming to the cities where so many of us now live. This is Rasmus talking about how the automatic growing system works. It sounds pretty foolproof. So the system fully automatically grows the plants for you. Uh, you only need to uh, tell it what you want to grow, when you want it to be ready, and then it basically does the rest. And if it needs a little bit of help, for instance, refilling the water reservoir or something like that, it will come out and ask you for that. Some plants can grow faster than outside in this type of system and other plants depending simply on their genetics uh, grow just the same speed the interesting is that you can control the, the taste and uh, the nutritional content of the plants and of course uh, when you grow in a protected or closed environment like like we do uh, we can do it without pesticides because we simply screen the plants for those kind of impacts. We also screen the plants for impacts in terms of, you know, bad weather or not enough water and all that. So they really have all they need to become really good food for us in the end. Now, because we removed the two main barriers to growing plants, uh, namely knowledge about plants and a high upfront cost. You can get started with very low cost and you don't need to know anything about plants to get a result out in the other end that you can use in your cooking. Back in the hot shipping container at Copenhagen Street Food Market, Frederick gives a demonstration. You basically take the sprayer here and you wet the surface of this uh, grow material we've chosen to use. And then you have a, a scale over here that we use to weigh how many seeds per tray. And you, you just seed like this for the full uh, amount of weight for each tray. And then you basically cover it like this, where you put a little plastic element here in between so that it covers like this and you can stack it and it takes no space at all. So in that way, you're space efficient and you give the plants the condition that it wants to germinate. So that was the first part of the process, right? I can show you the next part of the process over here, which these were starting to germinate one and a half days ago. And you can see they're already sprouting and, and doing stuff. This is reddish. So this is a, a supposed to be harvested after around nine, 10 days. And um, it's radish, but it will never be like a full radish, right? So this is what you call microgreens. And the reason why we do that is because it's fast to grow. 
It has a lot of nutrients, and its taste is amazing. Radish, sunflower, broccoli, and pink kale are the microgreens most in demand at the street food market. When this 20-foot container is fully operational, it will produce more than 40 kilograms of greens a week for the street food stallholders. They've tasted it, and they they can they can taste the difference. Uh, the freshness, especially with this type of greens, it makes a huge difference. And so there's the quality aspect that they are buying into. And then there's also, of course, it's not a, a secret that it's also a storytelling thing. There's transparency also. What is it you're eating? Where is it coming from? People respond to that very well. And the chefs want to be able to say, hey, it's what you're eating. The greens are actually from this container over here. The truth is, most of us could find room to dabble in a little vertical farming in our own homes. As I watch the annual rise and decline of the small vegetable patch in my garden, I'm quite tempted myself. Harvesting homegrown vegetables is one of the most satisfying things I know. With vertical farming, you can do it all year round. Talking to Frederick, Hasmus and Tina, it sounds quite easy. And very soon, perhaps, even essential. People are much more disconnected from the food that they eat. It's just a natural consequence of having basically cities that are parasitic in their behavior, meaning they don't produce anything really, they just consume and then throw trash out. We started with vertical farming because it makes a lot of sense in Copenhagen for a variety of reasons. One of the things that we're looking into is actually a co-op, like basically getting a to a point where we can develop a blueprint of how to cooperatively start and run local food production in cities. And it actually stems back from how the Danish economy started in the first place, in the production sense. So we already have a, a large tradition in terms of cooperatives. We want to have some nature left, and, and we cannot grow all of our land. Right? We already grow 40% of the of the landmass in the world. So um, I strongly believe that part of the solution is soilless farming and having an open platform where people can collaborate and build business on top. Very much like we're seeing with the internet and many other technologies is the way forward. I think this whole bottom-up approach is really, really important. And I kind of believe that if an, enough people get together do something that they believe in, that they can make a change. If you're interested in learning more, or even getting involved, why not go along to one of Growstack's regular meetups at Eater Innovate? You can find the address and meeting dates at growstack.org. Alternatively, check out the Copenhagen Foodtech community on Facebook and join the discussion there. Thanks to Growstack partners, Frederick, Hasmus and Tina for taking part in this episode of Foodpod. To see pictures of them, a vertical farm and the shipping container at Copenhagen Street Food Market, visit our website, foodpod.dk. Foodpod is produced with music and audio optimization by Johnny Kuhn. Hosting and social media management by Jan Sison. Interviews and story production by me, Kath Mersch. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you just heard, please share it. Foodpod will be back soon with more innovative stories from the Danish food cluster.